Can I say we'll give it up? Jim Bachman. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, cheers. Thanks for coming down. Nice to see you. Um, did you grow up in Arizona? Yeah, man, for the most part. My folks were from New York and moved out here when I was about 10 months old. Then moved back and then moved back out when I was about three or four. Mm-hmm. So I've done my time out here. In Phoenix or? East side, like Gilbert Mesa area. Mm-hmm. What were some of your early musical influences maybe maybe the first record that you got or maybe the music that your folks were playing or music that your siblings were into like what was what was playing in the crib when well, you were I was playing? an only child man for uh until I was about 13 but um I didn't so I didn't have the cool punk rock older brother influence at all right, but right. uh very musical uh, a lot of music going on in my house when I was a kid do your parents play my grand, my grandpa did. He had a family band with his sons, and my uncles all played. And uh, my dad, my dad played some keyboards. And my uncle played some keyboards. So there was always some stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Instruments and, in the house, and oh yeah, guitars everywhere, and, and organs. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But the first thing, man, my first musical thing was uh, outside of the family stuff. Was uh, I remember listening to the Cars, walking from my our folks' apartment to my uncle's apartment. I was like three years old, probably, and that, that first Cars record was playing. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It yeah. smells a little skunky in my house, and my dad and my uncle listened to that record. I remember <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> smells like Otto's jacket. That's right. Um, I remember. Do you? So you grew up, I'm assuming we're kind of the same age. Um, I remember some of those um, talking heads, not talking heads, um, Cars. Um, remember their videos? Oh, yeah. The, when they're like on a sponge yeah. in the sink or some shit. Yeah. I mean, I was like, what is going on right now? That was like kind of mid, that was like early 80s stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They were really getting artsy with their. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting that I bring up Talking Heads because I feel like the aesthetic of those um, videos were similar, kind of like super abstract and doing um, some sets and props that were strange right i mean visually it was almost as compelling as the music right yeah you know do you remember any other videos from that time man we watched that's all we did we just had yeah. those on all the time yeah but i remember like peter gabriel really started getting those yes oh all the claymation yeah like big time yeah. and um whatever that record was he had a bunch of hits yeah. and a bunch of really strange yeah fucking videos I was thinking about this today. I don't know why. Do you remember the early, like, um, I don't know if it was Phil Collins or at that point, was it a Genesis reboot or whatever? But the they had a confusion. Yes. Video, yeah. Literally, that was the one I thought of today. And I'm thinking, what the fuck is this? Like, I think they had a whole like TV show based around that thing. That really? Was, yeah. On Saturdays. I can't remember what it was called. Um, but yeah, like political satire thing. It was right. on Saturdays at like six o'clock at night or something. Huh. Yeah, I can't remember what the hell that was called. Yeah. Same same guys doing the, the puppets, heads or right? whatever. Yeah, like, it was all puppets. Yeah. 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 So strange. That that was the vehicle to sell the music. Absolutely, yeah. So strange. <laughs> what about um any particular artists uh that you remember hearing and being inspired by? Oh yeah, man. When I was a kid, uh my mom was way into Hoyt Axton. I don't know if you're familiar with him I don't or even not. Know. So he was a dad in Gremlins, Randy Peltzer. He was the dad. He's the guy in, that stole uh, Gizmo from the, okay. from the little store. Yeah. 
He was, uh, yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, he was huge in my house. I thought he was as big as, like, Michael Jackson or the Beatles or whatever, you know, and uh, nobody, some people know who he is. Yeah. But he was uh, my mom's favorite. Huh. And so, yeah, I'm like. What Wayne. kind of music is it? It's like it's like country, like 70s country stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then my dad was way into Southern rock. He was from Queens, right? Queens, New York. But yeah. Somehow he's into, like, Marshall Tucker Band and uh, Leonard Skinner and all that stuff. But, you know. Yeah, it was a weird mix around my house when I was a kid. Because my, my great-grandpa on my my dad's side was a classical pianist. Okay. And I never met the guy. But there was, like, country over here, like, psychedelic rock over here, kind of, you know, the classical stuff over here. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think any of that informed you as a musician today? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I was always listening to my folks' records. You yeah, know? yeah. What, for you... Um, was the first artist where you were like, I don't know what that is, but but the sound spoke to you, even if it's not the genre that, that you play today. You know what? Um, we were talking about the White Album earlier. <laughs> I remember I was four years old, man. We had this big console that had the TV in the middle and the record player over here and the thing over there. I remember mm -hmm. that's how I, like, having the White Album and, like, teaching myself how to find Blackbird on the record. And ah. that's like... Sitting with the big old headphones on as a little kid. So, right, right. Yeah, that was the first one for sure. And how long until you got to playing an instrument? Man, there was always there was always guitars and stuff around my house, um, but not till I was probably in junior high mm -hmm. that I started. Well, there's like all those guitar magazines, right? And I'm trying to wait for the good song to come out that month in the episode. Do you remember? Do you ever get into that at I all? I didn't get the magazines, no. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I think my brother did, but I didn't. Yeah, man. And there'd be like four songs in there mm -hmm. and it was all tab. And mm -hmm. so you're just trying to figure out how the hell to play that stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you do like the school band thing? Nope. No. No, man. I was, uh, I played basketball a lot when I was a kid. And then, uh, when I quit playing basketball is when I started really getting serious on. And what was that, college or high school? Or? Uh, probably at the end of high school. Yeah. 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 And what was it about it that was attractive? I don't know, man. I was, I just always loved it. When mm -hmm. I was a kid, you know, we'd play like baseball in the neighborhood and then me and a couple other kids would play like band, you know, like we had a band when we were eight years old and we didn't know how to do it. You know, do you anything. remember any of those early songs that you were playing? We, we couldn't play anything. We just, <laughs> so we just, just we out. were a band. Right. Yeah, like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna build a stage over there in the corner of the yard, and we're gonna have concerts and but, and we were called Kids at Work. That was our band name. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, super clever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens? Uh, you, uh, yeah, sorry. Take take a drink. Yeah, this is important. What happens after high school? And, and um, did you do the college thing? Oh, yeah, man. Where'd you go? I went to uh, MCC, NAU, ASU. Okay. Yeah. A little tour around the just state. Just kind of bounced a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And what were you studying? I started off just going just because I was supposed to go, right. you know, and then uh, right. decided on psychology. And then I went up to Flagstaff and uh, thought about business, like accounting kind of thing. And then I... Moved back home and just finished with psychology. And then after I, I, I got a BS in that, and then a couple of years later, I went back and started studying a little bit of music at MCC. Okay. And then uh, just kind of stopped. Yeah. And and gigging all the while? or No, man. I didn't start gigging until like late 20s. Hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably even 30. Yeah. And what's the time frame? Like what, 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 what's the, what are the years on this? I do some math. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, no, that's like I 2005, my, 2006, okay. 2007. Yeah. And what were some of those early gigs? Yucca Tap Room. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place on the east side called Krabby Don's. That would have let us, you know, go up there and jam out a little bit. And I love these venue names. Yeah. Krabby Don's. Krabby Don's, man. Playing okay. Krabby Don's. Yeah. <laughs> Come see me Friday night. Yeah, it'd be at Krabby Don's. Yeah. It was weird, man. That was a weird that was a weird spot. But they let us do it, you know. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go figure. Yeah. I remember Yucca Tap Room. I moved here in two thousand and three. So it was before they kind of did that remodel. And it and it had that shotgun shack kind of vibe to it. Oh yeah, that super narrow stage, and like the the it was a hallway, right? Right. Is that right? And it wasn't until I don't know they blew some walls out or whatever. But it was like I think I played there once, and the opposite wall is like six feet away from you, so three or four people can be in front of you, but then everyone is basically at the bar. Yeah, still kind of that way. Is it really? Yeah. I haven't been there in a minute. Yeah, we just did something there. Man, in uh, December, oh, I haven't played there forever and ever, and somehow we we got on something there and and we did it, and it, yeah, like just like you said, like you're looking at the wall in the bar and everybody's over right, there, right, right, and sometimes you know the people get in front of you right sure. here, but then you know they go get drinks and they're over there and you're looking like it's an empty room, but everybody's over there, right, right, but like why not just set up right. that way? <laughs> I, I mean, you'd, you'd think, you'd think, you know, yeah. Do you have um? So growing up here, you've obviously um, kind of witnessed firsthand how some of the the Tempe music scene has changed. Phoenix music scene has changed. Do you have any um, early memories? Like, were you going to some of those clubs on Mill, like when you were coming up? Yeah, man. Um, I didn't play at any of them, but I was always a kid, you know, trying to peek in long longs, you know, because yeah. I wasn't 21 yet, you know, trying to see what's going on. I had that back window. Right. And... uh you know what? When I was like 21 and a half, I went and I finally got to go. And it was like Greyhound Soul was playing yeah. and probably those guys. And uh, yeah, I got 86 out of Long Longs. For, Whoa. Isn't that stupid? How did you I do wasn't that? even doing anything. I wasn't even doing anything. You were just what? P- peripherally involved in some sort of altercation? Not even an altercation, man. Um, so Greyhound Soul's playing. And there's a, a guy... It's late, man. It's like twelve thirty. Bars closed at one at the time, right? right? So right. it's like it's already pretty empty in there, and a, a guy's dancing in front of stage, provocatively, I guess you could mm, say. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and my buddy are just sitting there, just like drinking our beers, just having a good time. And the bouncer comes up and it's like starts giving this guy a hard time. Mm-hmm. We're like, "What are you fucking with this guy for? He's just having a good time." Right. And so we started singing. Joe was singing uh, "Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain." Right, that's what he ended his set with, and so me and my buddy started changing the words about this bouncer that was kicking out this guy, like just basically making fun of the bouncer, huh. and he eighty sixed us. So we, I got eighty six from Long Longs for uh, singing a parody. That's like about a, isn't that the dumbest thing ever? It's also a badge of honor, bro. Yeah, you yeah. know, I'd take it. I put that shit on my resume. Eighty six from Long Longs didn't take long, bro. Yeah, man. I waited my whole my whole time to get in there, and then I just got booted for singing. You know. <laughs> when did um, I love your band name. I love I love Jim Bachman in the day. Man, I've been trying to get rid of that band name for a minute. Really? Yeah. It's Is just, it because you're getting older? 
maybe it was just kind of a it was just kind of a silly thing and then it just kind of stuck and then uh who's in that band or is it a right kind now of a no right now it's a, right now i got gary smith you know gary smith I, I hall know. of famer gary smith no shit yeah i played pistol arrows forever come on yeah he's been in tempe for a long ass what time. does he play drums okay and uh pete gonzalez on bass my buddy josh williams plays guitar and sings and uh and uh, Shay plays with the Sometimes. Oh, John Rickard plays with the Sometimes. Pat James Jr. plays with the Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris Orff plays with the Sometimes. Just kind of little, yeah, little cast of guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you the primary songwriter? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you distinguish between material that you pl- that you do or write for yourself versus the day drinker stuff? there's some stuff that uh yeah absolutely man there's some stuff that i do when i play solo gigs that i don't do with the band mm-hmm. and it's just i don't know probably just a matter of getting it under everybody's fingers you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um and what are some of the other projects then i know you work with michael lander you yeah do man. Some duo stuff with him yeah i've been uh i play bass with some guys every once in a while and uh but that's just like you just show up. Like these are bands that don't ever rehearse, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like watching hands and uh-huh. and just making sure you're on it. And it's like been doing it long enough with some of these guys where it's just another gig, you know. Yeah. So you play bass with Michael? No, I never have, man. Oh, okay. We've talked about it. But. You do like a like a in, in the round kind of song swap. Yeah. When we do the duo stuff, we'll just take turns going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 is there? you accompany him and he accompanies you or is it just kind of one-on-one yeah i try to i try to help in you know like i try not to do anything ridiculous you know because mm-hmm. like you don't have to you know right. you play with michael like right he doesn't need he doesn't need anybody's help you right know? right and uh but i'll try to I'll, I'll hop in you know throw me one all right i'll take it mm-hmm. you know and then when i play he'll throw him one and mm-hmm. it's when did you pick up the bass this is this is new information for me um i played bass i started playing bass uh with my buddies back, you know, when we would jam, when we were like 18 years old, you yeah. know, we had a bass and I was the tallest guy. So I played bass and then we'd take turns and that guy would play bass and I'd play guitar. And then, uh, my buddy, Bobby Perez called me up for a gig about 10 or 12 years ago, needed a bass player. Uh-huh. Like, All right, man. So I had to learn like 40 of these like old classic country songs uh-huh. in like a week. Uh-huh. But the good news was after I dug into them, there's like only three songs just all right. different keys, right. different lyrics. It's the same song, you know? Right, right. All right. So we're going to go the two here, and then we're going to go, okay, all right. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, and then I, I play a little bass with Mark Zubio over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you ever done anything with him? You know him at all? I, I know him kind of in passing. We, um, I booked, for a minute, I booked this tiny little joint in Scottsdale, and uh, he was part of that rotation. So okay. I know him through that, but we've never sat down and, and, and rapped, which I'd love to do. Man, he's such a good dude. Um, but he's the master band leader. Like, mm. he is the pro of pros as far as I'm concerned, man. Because he'll just call out a song, and somehow he can, like, show you the chord that he's playing next. Well, he's still playing this one. Mm-hmm. So as a bass player, you're watching, all right, I can walk up to that one, or I can slide right. into that one. Interesting. Yeah. So I was lucky I got to learn the bass on the fly yeah playing with that guy you know wow um but otherwise self-taught right i mean you didn't go to school for it not really man i i uh i'm always like studying you know whatever i can just trying to learn the the relationships between things i'm always you know laying in bed at midnight 
with my wife and I'm watching YouTube videos about, you know, theory or whatever. She's no like, shit. Come on, babe. I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, sorry, man. I got to do some work done here, babe. <laughs> I'm on the clock. I'm <laughs> on the clock. I'm on the clock right now. I'm learning. <laughs> yeah. You know who loves great music? Come on. You know what I'm going to say? It's my favorite real estate ladies, the Engstrom team. Talking about Becky Carey and Kate. What can I say about these ladies? Some of my first friends in Arizona, and they helped me purchase my first home, and I couldn't be happier. The, the, the process was super easy. They basically had to hold my hand the entire time. They crushed it. This is the mother-daughter real estate team with Coldwell Banker. They've been selling in the area for 25 years. The market is crazy, and these are pros. Please contact Becky, Kate, and Carrie, and they're going to talk the whole process out with you. And honestly, there's no pressure. It's like talking to family, and I should know. Contact the Engstrom team for honest and trustworthy service. This is the team I tell all my friends about. 480-250-1936. So speaking of uh, your wife, um, you are uh, a husband and the father of That's four right. girls. Four daughters, four daughters, yeah. Wow. Um, what is the trick... Or what, what, are, what are some things that you have learned over the years on balancing those two roles, husband and father, and being a, a full-time gigging musician? You know what? Um, I didn't really get too hot and heavy on playing. Like, I play a lot now. I play a lot now, and I'm kind of slowed it down a little bit. But for the most of the time when my kids are growing up, I wasn't gigging that much. Okay. It'd be kind of here and there, like maybe I got Friday and Saturday this weekend. And it wasn't until the last maybe four or five years where I got five gigs this week, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm playing all over town. And fortunately, my kids were not in things that I would be missing, mm -hmm. you know. Now my youngest daughter is starting to play softball. So she's, what, nine years old. So now it's kind of getting to be where I got to figure out that balance again, mm -hmm. cancel some stuff or not schedule stuff until I know what's going on. Cause that, that shit's real important to me. You mm -hmm. know, that shit's real important to me. So what I say, no, it's really not, it is very important to me to, to be there, you yeah. know, to, you know, for your kids, you gotta be, cause yeah. it's like that it's gone. You right. Know? Right. What did you do during that time to generate income then? Did you, do you have oh, other day passions? Job. Yeah. Oh, day okay. job. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, but, uh, yeah, the last four or five years, I was kind of lucky enough to get most of that, you know, income from music, mm -hmm. you know. And then, of course, when everything stopped, I was, you know, had a day job I could kind of rely more upon for that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, speaking of when everything stopped, um, how did you use your time uh, during COVID? Watched a lot of prices right, man. Come like on. I got re I got reconnected with that and we waited for <laughs> like it. old school prices right? All of it, man. Bob Barker? Yeah. Okay. Come on, man. He was the Beautiful. best, yeah. man. Yeah. He that was, was the, the best, best part about getting sick when you're a kid. It's just prices right. <laughs> Daytime T V. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I did, man? I was I was uh I I kinda wrote I kinda wrote a lot and uh recorded a lot where I would I would send stuff out to guys and then and uh, they would send me tracks back, and we would just build tracks. And I've got about eight to ten things right now that I'm just kind of trying to decide if I'm going to put them out or not, mm -hmm. get the finishing touches on. But that was all, you know, COVID stuff. I'd send the drums out to this guy, and I'd send mm -hmm. the bass out to this guy. And, yeah. Yeah. That's 
kind of the only way we could do it. Yeah. I mean, you we couldn't gather in a studio and do it how, I don't know, I prefer right. the studio experience yeah. to, it just feels like it's it's too insulated when you're sending tracks out. There's not a lot of like, of that interaction. There are obviously advantages and disadvantages of both, but um, I do miss just the hang, you know, yeah. hanging with your friends and fucking around making music. Right. Um, so, but these are tunes that you've written just in the last couple of years then. Yeah. Yeah. Just stuff that I haven't, uh, either I've been sitting on or I just came up with, you know, um, you know, like guys like Shay, mm-hmm. you know, I would, I would send something to Shay and all of a sudden I'd get piano, organ, horn, uh, his roommate put guitar on it, you right. know? Oh, and a chromatic bass, harp and bass, a, bass clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the things, Our you know? Queen, yeah. <laughs> and they'd be back to me in like 90 minutes from when I sent them to him. <laughs> Right, man, you got the you got the fast pass with Shane. Well, that those are the old days. Okay. That's the old, yeah, that, yeah, not anymore, man. That doesn't yeah, happen anymore. anymore. No, no, not no, anymore. No. He's a busy man. No, he is a busy man. <laughs> um, what are your plans? Uh, do you? Ha- I mean, obviously, it sounds like it's too early to say when it will be released. But are you thinking about how you want to release it? A little bit, man. I I kind of uh, I think I'm just gonna sneak it out there, just put it out there, and just whatever, you know, like. Pressing CDs or just digital? Just digital. Yeah. Yeah. I've done... Do you do CDs still? There's a um, certain group that wants CDs still, but I don't know that it's... It's not our generation. No. Um, I um, My band, The Sweet Remains, we still we still do CDs. and But again, it's an older demo that, that we play in front of, and I think that they're still on that technology, um, which is great because, as you know... Um, the markup on a CD versus the markup on a stream is drastically different. And I remember um, supporting tours through merch sales. I mean, which is unheard of uh, nowadays. I can't imagine. Um, some markets I'm noticing like CDs, um, like we when we'll go to Europe, they, they still buy CDs. They want it signed. They want the whole thing. They want any merch, any physical representation of what you're doing. Um, so that's helpful. But the last couple of things that I've done, um, it's just gone straight to yeah. stream. You know, what do you do? You put it out on what SoundCloud or you do all the all the stuff? Um, yeah, I do like Spotify and yeah. iTunes. Um, I do you have a Patreon account? Do you do? No, that? I haven't. I've got one set up, but I haven't done anything with it. Yeah, I meant Bandcamp, not SoundCloud. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't do the band camp thing. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm just like, let's just get, like you're saying, like, like, let's just get it out there. No big fanfare. I'll send it to the people that I think would like it. Right. And, and otherwise, let's move on to the next thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so during So during COVID, you're obviously home more, but you had the day job and you're still feeling creative in, in writing. Um did you find that some of the um, anxiety or some of the themes of COVID made its way into your music or were you able to separate kind of the outside world? It was, it was kind of like finishing up stuff that I haven't, uh, you know, that it's just been sitting there forever. Okay. So you had a verse and a chorus or something and you're like, all right, I have this fragment. So it's not necessarily tied to the, the feelings around COVID. You're just able to, put the time in to finish it and you know what that 
the thing that kind of steered me away from that, like almost instantly was, uh, I'm not a disparaging guy, but the worst song I ever heard was a COVID song. It was a Bon Jovi song. Have you heard it? No. Oh God. <laughs> and it's like all the buzz, it's like all the COVID buzzwords oh, no. are like set to music. And it's just like, you know, it's a very popular song, I guess. You know, you can kill that, you know, I don't no, no. talk shit about him, you know, <laughs> Bon Jovi. You know, I don't like, think he's listening to this podcast. He's not, but you know, I don't like, I don't ever like to, you know, do right. that kind of thing. But right. I was like, that's what it's going to sound like. Mm-hmm. That's what I could hear my song being like, you know. Right. I don't know. I just couldn't do it. And it's almost, it's almost too, like, I want, I don't want to hear a song about COVID. Like, I want to yeah. be, I want to be through this motherfucker. Right. I'm not yeah. trying to. Go back to that vibe, that feeling, that, as I was saying, the low-level anxiety and not knowing when the shit's going to come back. I don't want to go back there. Right. You know? I'm surprised that that fucking song has any traction. Sorry, John. I don't know if it's still... I I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but I remember it came out and I was like... I'm not. It was a train that. wreck. Yeah, it was just yeah. like I. I just had to keep listening to it and like sending it to my friends. Like, I've heard the shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, I you know. I've never met John Bon Jovi, but I did walk by him at an event. Uh, very short man. Is that right? Yes, very short. <laughs> anyway, uh, nothing against short people, but he is a he's a small human. <laughs> with, a, with a humongous heart. That's. Well, uh, he lacks in stature. <laughs> he makes up for in in, yeah. in uh, yeah in super awesome rock hits. Uh, yeah, it's funny, man. I I missed out. Like that was wildly popular when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I just always I never got into it in the slightest. I was always listening to older mm-hmm. shit. You know, like I never kind of took it very seriously. Mm-hmm. So the story goes is brought to you by Santan Brewing Company. Now we all love Santan. They have incredible beers, award-winning spirits. They have a couple great brew pubs. I want to tell you about this new event space called Santan Gardens. They're located at 495 East Warner Road in Chandler, Arizona. This is an indoor-outdoor venue, and it's going to be the spot for shows. Trust me. Now mark this down. It's coming up this week, y'all. March 19th, Saturday. This Saturday, we have Day of the Dead featuring Extra Ticket. Tickets are on sale at santanbrewing.com forward slash events. We're talking about Grateful Dead music. We're talking about great craft local beers and spirits and food. And I'm sure there'll be other things happening. Twirl around and enjoy this event. Santan Gardens. This is the place to be. I will see you there March 19th. Just do it. What are your thoughts on kind of the state of the music industry right now? Like, what? how do you envision your, like, what's your five-year plan? Um, how do you envision kind of getting over the hump with releasing new music and performing and and how do you see it working and fitting into your life right now kind of the cool thing is right now for everybody is that it's your own it's however you want to do it Mm -hmm. right it's how you can do it and five years man that's a good question um i was kind of going hot and heavy on a lot of things up until about the last six months because we might be i might be getting out of town next or this summer Mm. and so i'm kind of where you headed Tulsa, Oklahoma. Really? Right? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Okay. Why? Well, we went there on a whim, right? We went there on a whim and uh, just loved it. 
Just loved it. I don't even remember why we went there. And uh, we're like, man, I could freaking live here. You know, it's just such a cool, like, it's kind of like Phoenix. There's a badass music scene there. Hmm. Right? And mm -hmm. uh, it kind of fits a little bit. With, it fits exactly with what I'm about musically, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, and it's real damn expensive to live here right now. Really? Oh, yeah. well, sure, sure, here, sure. Here, here. Yeah, it's yeah. not expensive there. Mm -hmm. And so that that's the driving factor. It's not like I don't want to live here anymore because right. I absolutely want to live here. But I got this big question mark about six months away. So I'm kind of like, mm. when I figure that out, I'll figure the rest of it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So do you have family in Tulsa? Zero, man. No connection. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. So I've lived here most of my my life. My wife has lived here her entire life. And we're both just kind of like, I don't know, man, let's just get out of here. How do right? you I mean? But isn't, as a father, isn't there an advantage to having that extended family here? Absolutely, man. I yeah, mean, you nothing must... about it makes sense other than, like, the cost of living is amazing and yeah. there's cool music there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can always come home. Right. You can always do that. Yeah. You know, but why not? And, and I'm, the girls are nine and up, so they're, yeah. they're in school. My oldest, my oldest is going to be 21. Wow. Right? Yeah. And then I've got an 18-year-old. Um, well, she's going to be 18 this year and I've got 15 going to be 16, nine going to be 10. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of estrogen in that house. Everybody's cool, man. Everybody's Good. cool. Like Great. everybody gets along, man. It's the, it's, uh, it's so funny when everything was shut down, you know, you hear, you know, oh my God, stuck home with my family. Like it was the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. It was just beautiful. Like our whole family was just there mm -hmm. and it stopped all the hustle and bustle of everything. And mm -hmm. we we're all just home mm -hmm. and it was cool as shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, man, I'm like, I missed, I missed that part of it. Mm -hmm. I bet. But yeah, I don't have, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate, man. I'm like, I'm very fortunate. How are you in the kitchen? Like, are you? I cook all the time. You cook yeah. all the time. Yeah. What, do you have a couple go-tos? I'm a jazz cooker, man. I just kind of, oh I just kind of. Throw it in. Yeah. Yeah. What do we got? Yeah. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> I love that. I love that idea. <laughs> Jazz cooker. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very similar. I'm 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 a what's in the fridge kind of guy. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. I have to have a couple staples to get things over, but typically, yeah. Um. Where you? I mean, you must have been cooking a ton at home. Uh, well, it was weird because you couldn't really go to the store, right? right. It was like well, a pain too, in the yeah. ass to do anything. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, we just kind of, we just made it work. Yeah. 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 Um, let's take a short little break. Let's do it. Um, we'll get a, we'll get another taste going and then we're going to get to Michael Lander's questions and Shay Marshall's questions. The brilliant Michael Lander. <laughs> the brilliant Shay Marshall. I'm into it. All right. All right. I just wanted to thank you guys uh, for listening to this podcast. I appreciate it. I've been getting some great feedback keep it coming rate and review share with your friends spread the love keep listening this is a good one so this is a new uh a new segment of the podcast it's called beautiful i don't even know what we're gonna call it maybe we'll call it ask a friend um i texted shay marshall when um i knew that we were going to be having a conversation and i said I'm talking with Jim Bachman tomorrow. What questions would you want to ask? He says, ask him about his favorite Arizona bands and songwriters. 
Oh, okay. Not scandalous. No, man. I got. I get nervous. I get nervous. I love <laughs> oh, don't, Shay. Oh, don't worry. It gets oh, weird. Oh, yeah. Okay, it, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. classic Shay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Favorite Arizona bands? Just going back, like, to whenever. Yeah. I tell you what, the first the first person that I really got to see here was Carvin Jones. No shit. The lovely and talented Carvin Jones. Yeah. Sneaking into bars at Papillon's 2. I think it was on Gilbert and Broadway. I'd go sneak in to see Carvin Jones. He was the first guy that was like, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, it was like, you know, he had his thing. Yeah. Um, and when was this? Like, what year was this? I was, roughly? I was in, I was in high school, man. So it was like early nineties probably. Okay. Yeah. So he's been around for a minute. He's been around for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And it, same show. I mean, Jimi Hendrix plus. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Eric Clapton, ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Yeah. He kills all that shit. I love Chad Gregory. Chad Gregory is one of my Shout favorites. Out. That's right. Homie, Chad Gregory. Michael Lander. If, uh, but and wait, the Sugar ho- Thieves. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean, my, you say nice things about him now until I get to ask his question for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll fight, fight with fire. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sugar Thieves. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Lander is one of those guys. You know what? We had kind of mutual friends. Uh, and we didn't know each other at all, really. And uh, I had somebody cancel last minute on a duo gig. Mm-hmm. And so I just texted him, hey, man, come down and do the thing. All right. And then uh, he came down, and we've been buddies ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When was that? Three or four years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Tops. And this, uh, you, you do a thing with him on occasion at Dirty Drummer? Uh, we, you know what? We've been doing it at Roadrunner and uh, a place called Jolie's in Chandler. Okay. Arizona burritos. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Ask him about his favorite venues in Arizona that have <laughs> now closed. That have now closed. Well, we already mentioned Krabby Don, so that goes without saying. R.I.P. Krabby Don. <laughs> R.I.P. Krabby Don. <laughs> Man, that's a tough question. Or, or that are still open, I suppose. How about just your favorite Arizona venues? Well, places I play a lot. I play Dirty Drummer a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roadrunner and Roosters, man. I, I love those. And I feel like I'm omitting people on that question. Mm-hmm. But those are those are kind of my home home mm-hmm. bases. Home, home is away from home. I can go do whatever I want there and get away with it, you mm-hmm. know. So and, and when you say that, what does that mean? Playing more original than cover or? Yeah, just kind of whatever whatever grabs me. Like, I'll let them know. They'll book me. And I'll be like, hey, by the way, uh, so-and-so's coming to play with me. All right, cool, man. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, we're doing this. Okay, cool. They don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll let me do it. Mm-hmm. Shay Marshall wants to know uh, some stories about gigging down in Mexico. You do the uh, wrecked... Uh... I formerly... I'm a formerly... Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I don't play the wrecked at the reef anymore. Were, were you 86 from wrecked at the reef? Well, I guess I was, man. I had... Uh, What'd you I, do? You did something. I didn't do anything too crazy. Um, we were booked down there <laughs> to play. did too crazy. Right? It's not even... Wow. It's like even less than the long walks thing, man. <laughs> no, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was a misunderstanding. I don't know. No, uh, I was booked down there for a weekend, and we got a we got a different offer, and I politely declined the wreck at the reef. I was already booked there, and I said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna do this other thing," uh, and then everything else after that was like subsequently canceled. I see. Yeah. I see. 
Um, but any anecdotes from gigging down there? I've never done that. You never played down in Mexico? No, I, I'm intrigued. I, I kind of would like to add it to the schedule. I think it'd be fun. It's a great time, man. It's a beautiful time. Yeah. Um, so at Wrecked at the Reef, there's a sound guy there, Alfonso. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, I play percussion or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. He's like, is it cool if I play with you guys? And that's always a slippery thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. like, yeah, man, how about like the last song of we'll the- We'll call you up. Yeah, last song of the thing, and it'll be cool. All right. So uh, the dude hops up, and he's just like a world-class like drummer slash percussionist. No he's shit. from Spain, studied all over the world, and uh, yeah, he's played every time with us since. <laughs> Right, like, right, right. Can you come play with us, please? You know, it's yeah, like yeah, our yeah. security blanket up there. Yeah. yeah, that was the coolest thing. That's probably the coolest thing that's happened up there. My one question about performing in Mexico are the logistics, getting over the border. That's the hardest part. Going, yeah, and it's not hard at all. You just go, but it's like the stress level. Yeah, you know, you're just kind of at the mercy of right. whatever the hell's going to happen. And I've heard that getting through the checkpoint is fine. It's between that moment and when you get to Rocky Point that some shady shit can happen. Right. Has that ever happened? I've to never you? happened to me, man. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I'm a numbers guy where I'm like, all right, it's kind of cool that that other thing is kind of dissolved because I feel like my number was coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. eventually it's going to happen. You mean like pulled over by the pulled local over, guys? Yeah, and, and, anything like and that. Yeah. Ripped through your van and. Yeah. and open up the cabs or whatever yeah. and and but that's never happened to you we've been searched coming in but uh just like lightly searched i guess oh. not mess with too much but it was only with, with the band uh, when i go down there with my wife no issues whatsoever uh-huh with the guys every time and what are, what do you think they're looking for i don't know probably i think it's weapons coming in right I, and I drugs don't. coming out that's what i heard you sounds know? about right i guess but yeah, I don't know. I mean, just a bunch of dudes going down to Mexico. They probably figure some shady shit's going down. <laughs> we, we we really should stop these guys. Yeah. They have something. Yeah, yeah. I can see it in their eyes. Yeah. How would you define what you do? I call it stoner Billy. It's like, uh, which is not exactly the most marketable slogan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, I love, I grew up loving Almond Brothers. I love, uh, grew up loving, you know, Grateful Dead. Okay, and it's kind of a it's kind of a mishmash of all those things, man. Like classic country, uh, classic rock, whatever, psychedelic. Like mm-hmm. I just I love all that stuff, and I'm kind of riding that wave, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the dead for a second. Okay, I'm 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 gonna say it, and and I might regret it later, but I'm I'm pegging you as a seventy two. Like like oh, a yeah, Europe seventy two yeah kind of vibe that's good shit yeah is that is that your your preferred era of the Grateful Dead yeah I think so do you play any of those tunes you know what um, we did we used to do a Speedway Boogie mm. we used to play that one and uh, but we we really haven't done too much Dead stuff with the band I recently started doing Bird Song. Mm. Great tune. I love that one. Yeah. But I, I played acoustic by myself, so it's kind of, you know, the three-minute version of Birdsong is kind of, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But yeah, I love that stuff. You know what turned me on to the dead was uh, a band called In Betweens out of Flagstaff. You hmm. ever heard of those guys? Mm-mm. Late 90s, 
guy named Brennan McNaughton, and he was down. Well, you weren't here yet. I got here in 2003, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was Flag Brew. You ever played Flag Brew up there? Never played. No. Okay. But it, but it was happening. I, I've definitely asked them a number. Yeah. Of, well, back in the day, yeah. I've asked them a number of times, can I come up and play? And, and, and you know, maybe it wouldn't have worked anyway, but um, I do remember that they had a very healthy live music scene specifically at that joint. yeah man it was it was so cool back in the day that's where i met uh nolan mm-hmm. up there sure because on a tuesday man you could go to five different bars and there'd be like five different kinds of music playing right and it was sweet you know yeah. that was like every night of the week back then yeah i don't know what's like now but yeah i don't i don't know i don't spend enough time up in flag i'd like to you know I'd even go up now with the band and do the thing up there, you know, just to get out of town for a minute. Sure. You know, in the summer or whatever. Um, so Europe, you're a Europe 72 guy. Anything else? Any other records stand out to you? So I'm assuming Working Man's Dead. Yeah, Working kind of Man's that early Dead, stuff American thing. Beauty. I always yeah. love that stuff. Yeah. But, but remember when uh, Touch of Grey came out? I do. Uh, you remember that video? Of course. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it, it's lodged in my brain. Yeah. That was one of the uh, first songs I learned during the lockdown. Mm. Touch of Grey. No shit. Yeah, I love that one. That's a great tune. Yeah. I've been doing, um, well, uh, Jack Straw. Okay. Great tune. Uh, Brown Eyed Women. Yeah. Super fun. Um, It's one of those bands where they had phases. And if you were in, even if you were in at 72 or or pre-72, I was right with them. I mean, I wasn't alive in 72, but I'm saying when I was introduced to that music, that was the shit that I found first was, well, Touch of Grey first, but then 72. And then everything after that, I just, I love the fact that this is a band that has gone through various evolutions and still maintained a thread, you know, right. that, that, that I could appreciate as a fan of this era or this era, even the disco shit, you know, I really dug. Have you seen Dead and Company? Yeah, man. I saw them uh, whenever they were in Phoenix. I yeah, can't not long ago, right? Was, yeah. It was a couple months ago. I think. It oh, was... no, I didn't see the recent one. I oh. saw them, uh, I don't know, must have been 2018 or 2019 when they came through. Mm-hmm. Was that right? Could be. I can't remember. Certainly not in 2020. It's all it's all blur now, man. Yeah. Everything's a blur these days. What do you think about Mayer? Man, uh, he's super, he's a super talented guy, man. And... Uh, it's one of those guys and wanna you want to hate him, but you're like, how can you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Where I, are you at with John Mayer? Well, I I I I like John Mayer. Yeah, I like a bunch of his original shit. You know, um, I feel like Mayer when he came out doing the real acoustic driven pop rock, basically. Yeah, had all these other influences. That I was like, oh, that's a really neat voicing, or that's a great melody, yeah. or so I've been a fan of his, and then. You know, John Mayer trio is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so that's when that's when uh, that's when I started like paying attention because mm-hmm. that was incredible. And then was a continuum. Continuum. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great record. Yeah. And then he put out a couple of Roots Rock records. Yes. Like he kind of does this little uh, cycle. Yes. Where he'll do some rootsy shit, and then he'll do pop stuff, and then he'll do mm-hmm. the old man stuff, and then he'll do the pop stuff, and then he'll do some more old man stuff. And right. it's like he, he's fascinating. Yeah. Know? Really, a uh, chameleon. Yeah. You know, um, one of my favorite records is Born and Raised. Are you hip to that record? That is that did? the one? What, which one is that? What does the cover look like? It, it's like an etching. Um, oh, I don't know that. Like an old-timey, 
um, yeah, the only way I can describe it is like a glass etching. Um, but Killen, you yeah. can really hear um, that he's a, a Jerry fan. Okay. You can really hear. I have to look it up. I don't know Neil that one. He's a Young fan. Yeah, it's 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 a really great record. I if you're in if you see the value in it and and the connection to all these other bands, I think you would dig. What's the record he did where he's like standing with a poncho on or something in a? Uh, uh, that's a Paradise Valley. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. That and that was even for my taste even a little bit more pop. Than was it Born and Raised? Okay. Um, but great tunes on that record. Um, but that was like I feel like that was his era of paying homage to the Giants. Okay. Right, and you can hear it in the production, you can hear it in his songwriting, uh, instrumentation. You know, even uh, like a couple of tunes off of Born and Raised. I'm like, that's Jerry's tone right there. You know, so you you can almost feel that it's happening, and then he starts working with the Dead, and and you're like, okay, it makes complete sense. Yeah. I think he I think he destroys that shit. I mean, yeah. I never got to see Jerry. But um, I know enough of those early live recordings to, to say, you know, John's bringing the fucking heat, man, and he fits right in. Yeah. Fucking John Mayer. <laughs> God damn it, that guy. I'll never leave that dude alone with my, with, my, with my wife. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Not that I'm worried about my wife, but I'm like, oh. he's a guy that would put moves on you like you didn't give a shit. You so know if I mean? you, John, and your wife were hanging in a room and you're like, I'd hold like, on. Fuck I, you, John. I got to yeah. take this call. Get out of here, John. I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> come with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in your car. And when I come back, I'll come get you. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now that I'm not, I'm not worried about my wife at all, but I just like that yeah. guy just always fucking throws those vibes, man. <laughs> uh, Shay wants to know um, how you managed to put up with him uh, playing in your band. Man, when we can get Shay, uh, it's it's always good, man. Yeah. So my birthday, we had a birthday gig, and Shay came out and. Uh, he showed up and he had he had the keys, you know, and he brought a sax and uh, the hell else? He brought a, his buddy came that played trombone, uh-huh. and the drummer's buddy came out that played trombone, and there was like a trombone duel going on during the middle of a song, and it was like it's just always cool, man. When Shay's yeah. there, you just never know what the hell's gonna happen. And it's and it's, I would say nine and a half times out of ten, super musical. Even yeah. if, even if you're like, why are two trombones here? You're yeah. like, oh. And nobody there hated it, right? Right? Because when's the last time you're at a gig and a fucking trombone duel broke out? Right. Zero times, <laughs> Zero right? Times. Yeah, happened to me once. <laughs> Still talking about <laughs> it. Still talking about it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that is the that is the Shay. Once you sprinkle a little Shay in a situation, sometimes you get a trombone duel. Yeah, you know, and that's a beautiful <laughs> thing. That is a beautiful thing. Um, let's get to Michael Lander's question. All right. All right. Um, it's, it's short and sweet and I'm assuming there's going to be an interesting story behind this Uh or maybe not. Uh, Michael Lander wants to know, how does he feel about the song principal's office by young MC? (laughs) We were talking about that, man. That's, I think that was, uh, (sighs) what, uh, man, I can't remember the name now. Lee Michaels. We were talking about, we were just texting the other day about some stuff. And uh, actually, your podcast, hmm. 
right? And he was like, yeah, my hip-hop influences. And he said something about mm-hmm. Young MC. And yes. I was like, that was my shit back in the day. Yeah. And I realized it was like the Lee Michaels samples that were all oh, over it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that's like, I always loved, I always loved the old shit. Like, no matter what it was, like that rootsy old stuff. Mm. And uh, it made sense when he said that. Yeah. You know, because we hit, we hit on a lot of the same levels, me and Michael. Yeah. With the old influences. Yeah. So, I was just funny to hear that. That was a pretty random one. So Principal's Office, I don't know if I know that song off the top of my head, but there's a sample of a Lee Michaels tune. I believe it's Lee Michaels. So who is Lee Michaels? I don't even know who that is. So Lee Michaels was like this, uh, I think he's like a little power trio, but he played organ mm-hmm. and uh, just keys, maybe piano on it too. But it's it's good it's good shit, man. You should check it out. Uh, he had a song called Heidi High. That was a big one. Um, and is this, is this hip hop? No. Oh. No, it was just like... Uh, 70s late 70s kind of organ driven rock stuff but it was real rootsy cool badass like slinky drummer make you do that kind of shit with your head when you hear it you know right yeah so I hear must be traveling something's called down that road wish you well your hereafter Man, I hate To see you go May your days Be filled with laughter Rain Is what you've sown Hope you find what you're after. Man, I hate to see you go. Ooh, ain't nothing like them. Let's talk about your tune. Okay. Hate to see you go. Hate to see you go. Um, we just listened to it. On the break, sounds great. Hats off to you and Chad. Chad Gregory. Chad Gregory. All praise goes to Chad Gregory. Oh on come one. on, yeah. man. He's a, he's a sweetheart. That guy. He's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. Um, tell me about where that song came from, and then tell me about working with Chad and hearing it kind of come to life. All right. Yeah, I wrote that song a long time ago, man, and uh, at the time. One of my good buddies moved away. Two of my good buddies moved away, and my brother moved away, like all within the same. Wait, I thought you like were an only two child. Until like thirteen. Oh, got you. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, yeah. So they all like, and that was the first time that I had like friends moving away, mm-hmm. right? And so I wrote that song kind of out of it, and uh, and it was just sitting there. I did it like a bluegrass version of it years ago, and and uh, I don't remember what else. I think I probably recorded it again since then. But with Chad, he wanted he wanted to record some stuff with me, and uh, I was like, "Of course, man!" And uh, we started putting it together. And at first, it was just going to be me on the guitar. And then we're sitting there talking. He's like, "You know, it'd be great on this female voice." I'm like, "All right." So then, I reached out to my friend Kayla Ray, and uh, she agreed to sing on it. And we're like, "Well, now we got these two voices. We probably need, you know, the piano would be nice." Okay, so he calls up Lamar, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Lamar just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. 
super tasty. Yeah. And I'm like, well, man, that was nice. Still would be nice. Maybe we should do this. And then we got John Rawhouse. Mm-hmm. Nolan McKelvey mm-hmm. played bass on it. Todd mm-hmm. Shuba played mm-hmm. drums on it. And all of a sudden, like, we had a freaking thing. You man. Know? And Chad played played the slide on it, too. And uh, when did that when did that project start? Um, probably about two years ago now. Hard to say, man. It's all it's a, the last the last year and a half is like I don't know. I can't even make sense of yeah of time anymore. Yeah. Yeah. probably two years ago. But yeah, Chad worked on it. We did it all in the, in the bedroom at yeah. his place there. Yeah, and uh, he had a great setup. Yeah, and he knows great players, and the song is good. It's hard to fuck it up. Yeah. It was it was so it was so cool working with Chad. We didn't have a. There's a part in there. There's like a little uh, ooh wee. Mm-hmm. That just came. That we were just like something's missing from the song. We need something else. We're sitting out there, mm-hmm. and me and Chad just kind of shook it out, mm-hmm. and there it was. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. So the dream is to make an entire record with Chad Gregory producing, but you know, time will tell when we make that happen. We're putting it out there, Chad. If Chad, come if, on. If you're listening, we need you. We need you, buddy. Come on, stay sharp. <laughs> and so you've released it, or no? Yeah, yeah, it's out. Okay, yeah. and uh, just a digital release, or just a digital release? Yeah, mm-hmm. we did it. I just put it out as a single, mm-hmm. um, teasing te- teasing this great uh, COVID record that I'm about to to drop. But yeah, yeah. Oh, know. so it's going to be on that record? It will be. Yeah, uh, yeah. And any more plans to to work with Chad on this? Uh, as, as much as I can, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everything's done that I'm, as far as that side of things goes. But if we can do something in the future, I'd 100% do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else beyond, I mean, God, beyond um, just being a, a, a working, uh, performing musician, you have a new record kind of uh, in the works. Um, what else does this year look like for you? I don't know, man. We might be. Uh, I don't remember if I said it before or not, but we might be going up to Tulsa mm-hmm. and uh, checking out. I don't know, man. Everything's kind of everything's kind of waiting for that mm-hmm. decision to to fall into place. What what needs to be decided? How and when? when well, and we're gonna know in the next couple months because we're we're looking at buying a house up there. Okay. So just depending on and what we can do, unless something crazy happens where we can stay here, mm-hmm. you know. I guess we're just kind of waiting for that last ditch thing to happen here. We're like, all right, we're going to stay here. Oh, if it doesn't, right. then, then we're going. Yeah. 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 So this year could be a, a huge year of uh, relocating and, yeah, and reestablishing in a new city and, and reconnecting and, and exciting. Yeah. And terrifying. And terrifying, yeah. Yeah. Just going with the flow, man. Just, yeah. What else can you do? That's about it, brother. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I've been listening to uh, I've been listening to your stuff, man, and you got me back on the on the JT kick, James Taylor. Yeah, you know, so I didn't I didn't really hear that much growing up, other than the radio stuff. Yeah, in my house it was Billy Joel. Oh, Billy God, Joel, Joel is is my JT. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite <laughs> Billy Joel record? Because mm. I wore out that fucking greatest hits tape. I wore it out. Yeah. But it broke. I played it so much. I think Turnstiles might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, good. I love all the '70s stuff, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm like I'm I'm like way into it beyond a point that I should be. 
I'm kind of that weird guy. Like, I my aunt, I got my aunt Loretta was really into Billy Joel. She's the the second biggest Billy Joel fan that I know. Who's the first? Me. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, okay. and. Uh, yeah. And so I got into this weird thing. I was like making these Billy Joel memes. And I'm like, nobody in the world is going to understand these at all. But I thought they were hilarious. And I sent them to her and her daughter, my cousin. And they're like, what the hell is this? Like they had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> like it was like such a deep reference. It was just too weird. Yeah, like Billy probably wouldn't have got it. You know? So that's when I realized like maybe I'm a little too deep on this thing. Right so now, so you're getting into James Taylor. Yeah, man. And I, yeah. Uh, what's the one? Uh, it's the second song on his first record. What's it called? It's uh, Well, the first record was the one he did in London. You mean Sweet Baby James? That maybe, record? Maybe. Maybe. It's the one about, uh, there's a man on the hill. No, 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 no. It's called like, uh, yeah. yeah, you do, man. It's, uh, God dang it. I can't remember. Justin Clyde Williams does it. Oh, no shit. Yeah, when he was playing, I'm like, what is that? He's like, dude, it's JT. Whoa. And I'm like, all right. There's a whale on the hill. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but it's got a weird name. Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah, some of the names are like, what? I, I, you know. But yeah, like, you know, Fire and Rain, of course. Like, yeah. I've been picking on that at home. And I'm sure. like, oh, it's just so beautiful. There's and something. Genius and I love playing that song. There's something so satisfying about that chord progression. And some of the voicings that he uses. I mean, have you... I mean, I've tried to play like him. Like, he does this thing where he doesn't play the, the D chord. He, he, like, his fingers are inverted inverted in a way where okay. it's... So he can do this other shit. And I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> but JT, for me personally, was um, really the first guy that I heard where I was like at least we have a similar vocal range. I can sing what he sings. Because I was listening to like Prince and um, Queen, and like I can't sing like that. Right. But JT, and he was playing an acoustic guitar, which I thought was super hip. So now, and it, it stuff sounds super complicated. You can, you can boil it down, you can dumb down his shit so where it's like, okay, I got it, you know. But I just love the fact that I could, I could finally sing something that I heard on the radio. And it was in the same range. Right. That was it. And then I think that was my first concert was James Taylor. Oh, no in shit. In like 86, 87. Where was that at? Back in Massachusetts, uh, Springfield Civic Center. I went with my parents. I was very embarrassed. I was probably 10. Um, what was your first? First concert? First uh, concert. So the first one that I remember being at, Little River Band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> State Fair, like 82, 83. Hell yeah. Yeah. Reminiscing. <laughs> so good, man. And, uh, yeah. Those guys wrote the weepiest songs ever. Yeah. Right? Every song's about the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but killing harmonies. almost Dude, so good. You know, like a crossroads, right? Of, of like country, singer-songwriter, rock and roll. But it was, it had, I don't, I, I, that particular song, I put, remember cassette singles? Of course. I put reminiscing on both sides. <laughs> yeah. I don't Friday know. Night, it was late. I was yeah, no, I'm home and walked down to the gate. I was dreaming of night. You do, do you do any of those? 
Um, with your band, that would like it would just it would be a, it would be a panty dropper. Ah, uh, that one would be cool to do. That one would be cool to do. However, I would need a percussion player because all I hear when I hear that is that oh, the yeah. conga part, yeah. right? So to play that song without the conga part, I feel like would be sacrilegious. I just added a conga player to uh, to my band. No shit. Yeah. Who is it? Two gigs. Uh, Frank Gonzalez. Okay. Pete Gonzalez's brother. And he's a bad dude. No shit. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Come it, on. It just adds. It just adds. Right. It's that thing. It's yeah. that special sauce that takes what can be just kind of a straight ahead groove and adds all this subdivision and syncopation to it. Yeah. It all makes you groove. Yeah, this. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, why? Mm. My hips haven't done this in a minute. <laughs> this feels good. <laughs> um. How did we get to? Uh, oh, Little River Band was your first concert. But I gotta tell you this: I yeah. I've only uh, since 1986, I've only missed two Billy Joel tours. Whoa! So I'm, I told you, you are the number yeah. one fan. And the last one was the stadium, like the baseball stadium one, and I really didn't. Oh, you saw that one? I didn't go. Oh, you didn't go? No, I didn't go to that one. And I was I was like, I don't want to go see Billy Joel at the baseball stadium. Right, right, right. I agree. Yeah. Now, no big deal. I've seen Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. Ah, see, that's on the thing. I want to go do that. You have to do that. Yeah. Because one thing that I had never seen before, and we got in a couple songs late because we were didn't have tickets and we were negotiating and we're just waiting until they drop the price and then we can go in anyway. Um, he would do this thing where he'd play a couple tunes and then he'd say, all right. He'd look to the crowd. He'd say, do you guys want Vienna? Or New York State of Mind. And he said, Vienna. And they go, ah. Yeah. How about New York State of Mind? Ah. And he's like, all right, New York State of Mind. You know, and like, so I just, I was like, this motherfucker has so many hits. He doesn't even have to play half of them. Yeah. And he'll let the crowd decide. So as a performer, I'm thinking, that's fucking brilliant. Because now you're not going to get burned out, right? And he does it, I don't know. But I bet you New York State of Mind wins every time, though. I don't know. I prefer Vienna, personally. Well, but. yeah. So you just have to scream a little louder next yeah, time you're yeah, at yeah. MSG. But <laughs> I just thought it was so cool that, that he didn't really care. Like, there was no pretension. You can hear whatever you want. I'm here for you guys, you know, yeah. at that fucking level. And he has so many hits that he's like, ah, we won't even fucking play New York State of Mind tonight or whatever. Right. I was just super impressed. But it's, it, it, it's one of those shows that you have to go do. Yeah. You know, Billy Joel. MSG. You're going to lose your fucking mind. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I appreciate your time, man. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great to rap with you and, and get, get behind the guy a little bit and, and hear about, uh, you know, what's happening on the horizon and, and what kind of got you started. I'm, I'm always fascinated by that shit. So I hope I, I hope it wasn't too boring for you. Oh man, I had a great time. Good. And we still got a couple beers. To still drink, got so. some beers to drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jim. Cheers, brother. Thanks, man. <laughs> 